Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be during this endless parade of celestial events, I hope that you're able to navigate the waters masterfully. Today is a new moon in Leo, and tonight is seemingly filled with new beginnings, uncertainty, and it is a time of mystery. What is not a mystery, however, is the ascension symptoms that we all seem to share. And this has been going on now for, I would have to say, six or seven years maybe longer for some of you, maybe less time for some of you. And some of the ascension symptoms I've noticed happen to be uh, (laughs) pretty pretty noticeable. Uh, Basically, I have had heart palpitations. My heart is skipping beats, lots of heart palpitations. And I wanted to let you know if you're going through this, I have done some research and I looked at a couple Dr. Berg videos about this on YouTube. And if you are having an ongoing heart palpitation problem or your heart is skipping beats or you're having other symptoms of not quite absorbing electrolytes correctly, uh, <laughs> even if you are drinking your Pedialyte, even if you are having the occasional Gatorade, which Pedialyte is always better because it has less sugar. But I found out, and this is really odd, that if you do not uh, absorb those uh, electrolytes correctly, you're going to have heart palpitations. And if you do put one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in a little shot glass and fill the rest of the top with water and just gun that bitch down. (laughs) Just drink it down really fast. Just slam it. Take it like a shot. Follow that up with a nice water chaser. Rinse your mouth and your teeth out. Actually, your body will go back to absorbing electrolytes just fine. This is also the way to get rid of heartburn or stomach issues. If you have digestion issues, if you do this every single night, eventually you will lose weight. Also, by the way, it helps your uh, complete digestion to function. Uh, Apple cider vinegar is a fermented food. I prefer to have natural and organic that contains the mother is what they call it. It is the uh, fermentation process. So basically if you have the raw natural apple cider vinegar that has the stuff swirling about in it, it's not bad, it's just normal, it's natural. If you have the less natural form of it, it's very clear and looks like apple juice, but ooh boy, it does not taste like it at all. But this is something that I discovered this week, thank God, and I stopped my heart palpitations. They've been going on for a couple months. I thought I was starting um, some very serious heart issues. I thought, oh God, maybe I haven't been loved enough or I haven't been with my 
twin flame and after loving him so hard for seven years, maybe, maybe it's caught up to me and I'm going to have a heart attack and die. Like, you know, (laughs) my overthinking got the best of me. Well, it turns out no, 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 nothing can be further from the truth. I'm, I'm perfectly healthy. Thank you, God. And, uh, basically that actually did stop my heart palpitations is just taking some, uh, apple cider vinegar. Usually, and has been this way for years is that I have problems with digestion. I have acid reflux. This is the thing that stops it. Well, I had taken it so much that I haven't had acid reflux in months and also didn't take the apple cider vinegar. (laughs) So, well, now I know, now, you know, other symptoms I have had, um, recently in the past week have been, uh, what seems to be dreamless nights a month ago I had intense dreams that were really wild and vivid and I'd wake up confused because I thought I was awake and suddenly in the past three four nights I don't remember a damn thing from my sleep and I am sleeping a hell of a lot like 10 hours up to 14 hours a night which is also strange because a few weeks ago I was sleeping only six hours a night and at uh, on some occasions it was really hard for me to sleep past four hours so sleep has sleep patterns and cycles at least for me has changed other symptoms that people have been experiencing are uh, upper back pain muscle stiffness especially if you're sleeping so long um, you could get muscle stiffness issues Um, weird cravings or different you know cravings for different kinds of food than you um, normally get Um, craving of really healthy foods such as craving vegetables Um, you might be craving fruit at this time but also you might have the inkling that you should stay away from fruit which is weird I've had that one Uh, for a while I've been really wanting to go get a a pineapple and yet when I got near the pineapple my my body was like ew I don't want that which is weird because I love pineapple but my body's just kind of having a weird aversion to fruit which is also quite odd Um, and I mean I had whole years where I couldn't go for two days without eating a bunch of fruit and now I haven't really had fruit that much in the past four or five months, but this past week is just like, no, I don't want that. I have, however, turned to eating a lot of vegetables and I used to have issues with vegetables and suddenly my body's like, yeah, let's have more vegetables. Um, craving meat as well, heavy, dense protein as well at this time. Um, a lot of spiritual, uh, questions and problems people are contacting me a lot more than usual needing my help needing um spiritual guidance and that's another one where people around you might be just hungry for spiritual answers you might be one of these people where you just are like i i need to know i need to know more um and i need to know it right now So things that were a mild curiosity before might be burning intense questions 
that you're not going to sleep until you find out the answer. And today you have to know right now, um, there's a sense of spiritual urgency that I have noticed in people that I haven't noticed maybe ever. I mean, some people are like, yeah, I'd like to talk about it. Sure. Why not? And now people are like, no, let's talk about it right now. What is happening? Um, a lot of people, like I said yesterday, are waking up to like the number synchronicities, people in your life who did not have one spiritual bone in their body. Now they're suddenly like, what the hell is going on? How come it's, you know, always showing up in my life, these double and triple digit numbers. And sometimes it's four numbers in a row, like, you know, 11, 11. And I've been getting a lot of that. Um, for me, myself in the past couple of weeks, And I know that this is when I'm getting ready to make a huge change in my life and things are lining up. I will wake up every day in a week at um, a time that is a triple digit number. Today, I woke up at 444 in the afternoon. Usually, I'm up by 11 in the morning. So this was very odd for me. But I did go to bed very late because people were asking me spiritual questions, which is really cool. Um, I'm glad about that. But, um, here, my sleep is all messed up again. <laughs> I mean, it's eight 44 at night, but last night I, um, had started the show, the second half of the show at 1133. And I don't think I got it finished until maybe it was like two 22 in the morning. Um, it just, I mean, it's stuff like that. It's just a lot of the angel numbers are coming around again. Um, there's a lot more interaction for some of you with, with animals like, uh, animals that are wild animals or not your own animals that need your help. Animals have a sense of, uh, distress at this point. My cat was meowing for days. I brought new litter home and she had her litter was clean and in her, her litter box, everything was fine. It was towards the end. It starts to smell a little bit, you know, uh, worse than normal. So I went out, bought brand new litter, but we still had one more day on the old litter, you know, I'm trying to stretch my dollars out here. <laughs> and she would not, she would not stop meowing at me for two days. And she tried to, uh, bring the litter over to her litter box to do it herself. Adorable that she is. And she tried to open up the litter that I brought home. Finally, I fixed it for her and she's, um, slapping the litter, the side of the litter as I'm pouring it in, like go faster, go faster. She's helping me, you know, but (laughs) I don't know if that's part of this or not, but uh, prime creator is telling me that a lot of you might have, uh, had to rescue animals or help animals in a way that isn't normal or they're acting like there's a sense of urgency too. So I think the animals are feeling something that, um, we're going through, or there's some kind of a sense of urgency just about our day to day lives. Um, when I was sleeping, my daughter called me multiple times trying to get a hold of me. And I was panicking for hours. Like I didn't hear from her for four hours. Finally, she wrote me and said, ah, nah, it's fine. Everything's fine. She's good. I'm like, wow, you know, it was like, why, you know, the sense of urgency calling me like six, seven, eight times in a row. And then, nah, it's cool. Everything's good. 
(laughs) So there's a lot of that kind of energy of it's okay, but there's still that kind of a, I got to do this. I got to talk to this person. I had a bunch of missed calls today. I never get phone calls ever on my phone. I had several calls today. Um, I don't know what that means, but just things seem different. I don't know if it's because I hopped a timeline. I'm sure that because I slept so long for so many hours, like, I don't know. I mean, what did I sleep like 12 hours? Normally I wake up like clockwork every four hours. Sometimes I'll go right back to bed. Sometimes I stay up for up to two hours and then go back to bed and do a, a, a split shift in my sleep patterns. And I think I actually slept like maybe 10 hours in a row. And when that happens, usually it means that I have bilocated somewhere. And my higher guidance system is telling me I have a feeling I was somewhere in the United States uh, during the day today because I was you know, sleeping during the morning and daytime. And I don't know where I went. I don't remember what I did. We'll see if it happens again tonight or tomorrow night. Usually it's every other day or every day in a row when this happens to me. And uh, I work for God, and so he puts me on various tasks. And um, this one was weird, though, because I, I don't remember what happened. So these are my sleepless, dreamless nights. Suddenly, I don't remember a thing that happened, and I was out like a light for 12 hours. Like crazy. I think I woke up after two hours to use the bathroom and then came back to bed immediately, and that was the end. So I don't know. The symptoms are strange. They're shifting and changing. Um, You know, seeing a lot more of the numbers, that's another part of it. So I just wanted to bring up, you know, various points. Uh, Pain in my body that I normally have is gone. I have the stiffness, you know, laying in bed for 10 hours in a row without moving. (laughs) It tends to make you a little stiff when you wake up. But um, I got better almost right away not as much pain as usual I've noticed that I did over the past a couple months during the break I was able to process a lot of um, sadness a lot of things that have um, been buried in my subconscious mind things that I had completely forgotten about horrible things from my childhood that have come to the surface and I was able to uh, cleanse myself from it and rid myself of the energy of that. And then when I got through it all and mourned losses or mourned things that happened to me, loss of my own innocence type of thing, um, I noticed that the pain in my body is, is better, that I don't have as much. So I don't know if you guys have dealt with a lot of that, but that was something that happened um, over the past several months as well. Um, inging, uh, ringing in the ears, <laughs> inging, <laughs> started in the middle of a word there, uh, ringing in the ears. Um, it'll be like maybe the right, then the left, then the right again, or maybe just one ear. Um, it's been really very pronounced. Whereas six years ago, I was having a pretty much constant and steady stream of that kind of sound in my ear like 
if I didn't have it for 10 minutes, then that's the time I noticed like, oh, wow, I don't have ear ringing suddenly. And it went for years where all I had was tinnitus constantly. And suddenly it's maybe five minutes a day that it bothers me. Not even maybe two minutes. And then, you know, an hour later might be another two or three minutes in the other ear. And, um, I have had multiple tones, you know, be one tone and then another tone or, um, two tones at the same time, but in each ear, it's a little bit different and it seems to phase me in and out, you know, like I'm kind of like, Whoa, what's up? I feel a little dizzy. There's some memory issues. I've had a lot of timeline hopping issues. Um, like I've had, I had a, a conversation with my daughter um, a couple years ago about the Umbrella Academy and she's like, oh my God, I love that show. It's such an incredible show. Holy shit. I love it. I really love Klaus. Klaus is my favorite character ever, maybe of any series or season ever. And then recently I had a conversation with her. She says, oh, I've never, I don't watch Netflix. I've never seen that show. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and she doesn't remember Klaus because I'm not on a timeline in which she's seen the show. So that's something, um, you know, and, and I keep questioning, maybe it was my son that I had that conversation with and I'm just confusing, you know, the conversation, but I'm not really, I'm not really sure why or how this keeps happening. But the only explanation I have is that I keep hopping timelines and consciously remember things that happen on other timelines, but it's so hard to keep track. Um, there was something else. Um, I think I told you guys, yeah, I told you like Monday or Tuesday about the ink tip, you know, where, uh, it's just one, um, <laughs> just, I don't know. Like I have a couple tabs open and on each browser that's open, I have like 10 or 20 tabs and I woke up one morning, a couple mornings ago, and it was only one thing, one browser with one tab open and it was ink tip. And I'm like, okay, I know I need to put my stuff back on there, but, um, that was one, that was just very, very odd. There was one, um, very much odd thing that happened. I know I didn't put it on. I know the cat didn't type that in. It's not um, a bookmark that's easily accessible. I mean, if my cat typed that in, she would have had to scroll. She would have had to read all the bookmarks and click the one. I mean, it was impossible. So there was that. And now another thing that happened was a very, very odd thing that happened was when I get change here in Ecuador, it's all the money here is the United States money the occasional nickel or quarter will come out or 50 cent piece. That's actually an Ecuadorian coin. They're still in circulation. Very rare. Will an Ecuadorian penny come up though? Usually it's just American pennies. And the other day I had cleaned off my whole desk. Everything was clean and I took away all the clutter. And the next morning I woke up and sitting on top of my laptop was a penny I've never seen. And it was an Ecuadorian penny. And it said, Luz de America. It says, Ecuador, Luz de America. Which means, Ecuador, light of America. 
which I thought was really strange. And I did not have the ability to see all the intricate details. So I took a video of this said penny and there were, uh, these little, uh, lights or, um, it looked like sunshine rays in the background part of the penny coming out of Ecuador. And then on top of that, it looked like a grid that we have, um, that our world is created of. And I've seen this grid in my mind's eye, not with my physical eyes, but with my third eye. And there was this grid on the penny. And when I took the video of it, there was light vibrations emanating from this penny coming out of where Ecuador is on, on the, um, I'm going to have to put this up on you, uh, um, on my Instagram, uh, cause it's just really, really odd. Um, I mean, where the penny came from, I don't know. I think maybe my gin gave it to me. Well, last night I went to, um, get my, uh, pajamas out of my laundry bag, which is just a plastic bag that I've been in and out of for days. My more recent laundry bag, it has, you know, t-shirts or whatever I'm going to use for the day in it because I don't have a chest of drawers or a, um, you know, dresser. So I don't have actual furniture in here. I just have bags of clothes on. Well, the landlord finally gave me a set of shelves over the break, uh, that he promised me for over a year. I've been here 15 months and I've had these shelves for two months now. Finally, there's no closet. There's no drawers. There's no shelves. There's you know hardly any space. So all my shit is on the ground. Okay. Basically in plastic bags. And finally he brought this in. So I finally have shelves. I could put my plastic bags on top of. If I pulled my clothes out of, they would be covered in uh, dust and dirt in a matter of days because we live in dirt roads and they're doing construction on this little village to put in a sewer system. And it's a pretty much, it's been an ongoing situation for um, many, many months and everything is constantly covered in dirt and dust. So I still have my stuff in plastic bags. So, um, I went to get my, uh, pajamas last night and a penny flew off the top of the bag. Well, there's no way this penny fell from somewhere because it's just a ceiling with nothing. There was no way. So how did this penny get here? I don't know. I still need to take a video of this penny. I haven't done that yet, but this penny is an ancient penny from the United States. I mean, like a hundred years old. It's got a symbol on it. It's not even a wheat penny. It's got a symbol of the Republic on it. I don't know how to explain it other than that. The Republic of the United States. It doesn't have the Lincoln Memorial on it. It does have Lincoln on one side, but it's got this symbol. And it's so old that the numbers have been worn down, if not completely off. I don't know where this came from. I'm putting it with my other magical penny that appeared. This is the second penny this week that has appeared and I have to figure out, uh, what the meaning of this is. I think again, it might be my gin. And so if that is the case, thank you guys. I love you. Um, I don't know. I have magical happenings in my world and in my life every day. This just happens to be one of them. 
anyway, um, I don't know if this is happening for you guys or not, but I wanted to mention it because my life is strange and magical and charmed. And this is just one way in which it is. I'm going to try to take a penny, uh, video of the secondary penny and I will try to get these up on Instagram. Hopefully soon, knock on wood, it will come true soon. I wanted to thank, uh, rainy Bondus who actually did a really wonderful piece of art for me of knowledge Ravenspell. I sent her a couple pictures and she turned it into almost like a Andy Warhol kind of, uh, piece of art. I'm going to try to put that up on Instagram soon. So you guys can see where she's got this purple and lavender background. It's really, really, really cool. Anyway, um, so thank you, Rainy, for that. I love it. So, I don't know. I'm going to, um, I'm, I gotta tell you guys this story. I, I don't, I've, I didn't want to tell you all week because, to be honest, when I bring up this story, it gives me a little bit of PTSD, but this is one of the weirdest shit things that have, has ever happened to me. Ever. <laughs> Now, I told you guys a story of whom God helps, right? You know, told you the various stories over the past couple days about, um, you know, when men had designs on me and God cost them a lot of money, you know, um, to keep them away from me, <laughs> you know, cause they're about to derail my future plans. And I told God of what I want to do. What are my plans? My plans are to, uh, sit in, um, the, the idea of communing with my beautiful twin flame and well, God keeps pushing these guys out of the way. Well, (laughs) this, the, the second guy that I told you guys about last night, he is a Scorpio. Now I should have known when I had 20 readings in a row about scorpion energy, Scorpio energy. Uh, it's, really crazy. I started watching, um, on YouTube, all these videos for Virgos. There's channels for Virgos only. They just read, um, tarot or they do astrology. They do all these different things for Virgos only. So it was really a trip. Uh, the day that I went out with this guy who happens to be a Scorpio, uh, I came home and I thought, Oh, that's weird. You know, I've been hearing, There's a lot of scorpion energy, Scorpio, scorpion, either way, energy coming, you know, your way. And I thought, well, it must just have been, you know, that I was going to meet somebody in person that was a Scorpio and, and, um, you know, scorpion sting, you know, Scorpios, blah, blah, blah. Well, a few weeks before I went out with this guy, my, um, landlord came up to me and, uh, he collected money from God. I don't know what, like if it was rent or if it was just for the electric bill, whatever. And he told me of this really creepy thing that happened to him. He said there was a, uh, he was walking down, uh, the road and he went to meet some friends 
and this guy saw a scorpion on his shoulder and he knocked it off and he said it was weird because in the morning there was a little tiny scorpion on his hip and he had knocked it off in his house and stepped on it and in the later in the evening there was a little tiny scorpion in the afternoon on his shoulder so he um didn't even know it and his friend knocked it off and ran out into the street where they were standing and stepped on it and, and killed killed it and my landlord told me at that time the scorpions here are are really small but very deadly and you have to be very careful and he then went on to tell me that there was a bunch of them in his ceiling and he had to put in a new vapor barrier so that's so they wouldn't fall into his in, into his house well his house is very old it's very it's like cement house it's been here for decades and where i'm living is new construction this is what he created himself he built this place and it's full of fucking holes it's not re, it's not done it's not finished not even by a long shot so any fucking thing could get in here okay so now i'm scared i was scared for weeks I finally got over the fear, but then I kept having these um, Virgo readings saying, oh, Scorpio man is coming your way or Scorpion or you're going to be stung or Scorpio or someone's going to betray you or Scorpio this, Scorpion that, (laughs) you know, the sign and the animal. And I'm like, what the fuck? I I don't want to fucking think about this shit, right? So I finally was like, dude, I'm not even going to listen to these fucking things anymore. I can't go on YouTube. I can't hear this anymore. I'm just done. So I go out with this guy and he's very much a Scorpio. And I'm like, you know, even if I did not have a twin flame, even if you did not have these plans to seduce me, even if none of this, I still won't go out with you because you're a fucking Scorpion. I can't you know, you're Scorpio. Like I can't, I don't like that energy. I've met Scorpios in my life and I have no interest. My friend heard that Scorpios are really good in bed. So she, as an astrologer, decided to write a book about Scorpios and she put out a thing. And I told you guys about this, um, probably last, uh, season, maybe a couple years ago. I don't know. I know I mentioned this about my God, God bless her, my friend Amber who passed away. And she was my friend since I was like a teenager, like 36, 30 something years, we were friends. And, um, she had the idea that she wanted, she got in her head. She's going to cancer and Scorpio supposed to be really good together. She is a cancer. So she's like, Oh God, I'm going to find me a hot, sexy Scorpio. (laughs) She said she interviewed like 150 to 200 men, all Scorpios. Not one of them was hot or sexy or remotely intriguing enough or interesting enough to warrant asking them out on a proper date. So she interviewed them and pretended that she was going to write a book. She said, when I finish the book, I'll get back to you. And, um, she never got back to anyone because they're so boring. She couldn't even write the fucking book. <laughs> she was like, I can't, I don't even. And she's like, they're also full of themselves. They think they're the hottest shit since sliced bread. And I've had that same kind of, um, thing about Scorpios too. Like Scorpio men that I've met have always been kind of, at least the ones I've met, just kind of full of themselves. Like they're so hot and sexy in bed and blah, blah, blah. And I had a Scorpio man kiss me once. He was terrible. It's a terrible kisser. He's like, Oh, everyone told me I'm such a good kisser. Oh, I'm so good in bed. He kissed me. And it was such a, like our teeth kept knocking again, you know, our teeth. I thought he was going to crack one of my teeth off. Um, 
like he couldn't like how do you not function how do you not know where your lips are you're like in your 40s how long how how long have you been fucking alive dude how many times have you kissed a woman like it was ridiculous i was like there's no fucking way you know, <laughs> I have zero interest after what my friend said about Scorpio men. And, and after this guy who had plans and designs on me and God took him out. So I knew, you know, to kind of be leery and weary of the guy, you know, and, and then I get all these, you know, warnings in my Virgo thing saying, you know, just be careful. You might have Scorpios coming away. Blah, dee, da, dee, da. Okay. So this is what happened. I get home that night, freaked out a little bit the fact that he kept going, I want to be your boyfriend. I want to be your lover. I wanted this. I wanted that. And I'm like, I don't want that. I'm sorry. It's not like you're not a good looking guy. He was perfectly sweet and awesome. And he has a lot going for him. He's got, um, you know, an acupressure, acupuncture practice. He's, you know, um, he does a little bit of chiropractic, a little bit of massage. He does a lot of different things and very interesting person and he's good looking and everything, but I, he's not my, he's not my guy, not my twin. I'm not interested, you know, I'm like we could be friends or nothing more. You know, it's up to you. If you don't want to be friends, cool, but I'm not going to date you. I'm not going to sex you. I'm not going to nothing with you. So I was feeling a little weird. Cause he was just like, can I give a kiss goodbye? I'm like, no, you can't. Sorry. You know, <laughs> like you can hug me goodbye like friends, but don't get fresh or I'm never going to fucking meet you again in person. You know, and he didn't, he was a perfect gentleman. So I get home, I'm home for about an hour and, um, I made dinner, I ate and I was just sitting here kind of like trying to process the day, trying to process the things that were, um, that had been going on, of course. And what's really trippy about this is, um, I was already in a weird state of mind. I was already in an odd kind of place because my head was reeling with the the events of the day. You know, we were supposed to go out to eat. I told him where I wanted to go out to eat. And then he decided to drive around for an hour and a half first talking to me, you know, just so we could get to know each other. And I'm like, you know, I'm hungry. I didn't have my coffee yet. It's kind of like now like late afternoon and I'm, you know, my blood sugar is getting low. I'm getting kind of pissed off. I'm getting a little pissy and I feel like I'm, uh, trapped in your car as a, um, prisoner. So what the hell? And, and it was like a really odd kind of like, are you trying to seduce me? He kept trying to hold my hand and isn't this nice? I'm like, sure. I suppose I literally felt nothing. I felt less than nothing. I felt kind of like, um, this is, he's trying to force or manufacture a relationship with me when I have zero interest in him on that level. You know, if I had been looking for a nice guy, sure. If I had been open to meeting someone, sure. Maybe I would have been, you know, but I just had zero interest, like less than zero. And he kept saying, oh, I saw you looking at me out of the side of your eye. And I just saw the way you looked at me. Yeah, because you were talking. (laughs) Not because I'm interested in you in that way, but because rather, you know, you were communicating with me. 
and I'm not rude, so I'm watching you. But it was just, it got, so finally we went to this bakery and weird shit happened. The bakery, they wouldn't cut a pie for me. They wanted to, I don't know what. I'm like, why would he make a a pie if he doesn't want to cut it up and, and sell the pieces? Individually, it's more expensive than selling the whole pie. So the lady refused to cut it. And I was just like, I couldn't even get anything to eat. All I ended up having was a cup of coffee and I came home and I was just like already in a weird fucking mood. You know, my day was thrown off. My energy was thrown off by this guy constantly making innuendos and assumptions that he was going to be my boyfriend and he's so hot in bed and he's so hot with this and hot shit for that and hot shit for that. And I was like, I felt zero for the guy, you know? And, um, it was just weird, but already in this state of mind. So I see my cat playing with something next to her litter box. (laughs) I see my cat acting weird in a way that I've never seen her act before. Okay. So I see her slapping something and pulling her hand away really fast. Paw away (laughs) and then she tried to slap something and she jumped backwards and up like three feet like woo and then she started licking her paw and she came back like she's gonna slap something again and I'm like that's not how she acts when there's a spider or you know a roach or something disgusting like a little bug there's something serious over there and I saw this little black thing sticking up and I'm like what the actual fuck Now, mind you, it was a hot day. It was a hot day, and because it was a hot day, I was wearing little flip-flops that I wear around the house because um, I'm living in a place with an unfinished floor, and um, it's dirty and splintery, and I just can't. I'm a Virgo. I just, my feet, I have to protect my feet. (laughs) I have to, uh, you know, and and, and I'm hot. So normally I'm wearing clothes like, you know, shorts and a shirt or pants and a shirt, right? But no, 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 no. The day that this fucking happens, I happen to be wearing, well, basically my my underwear and a bra and my flip-flops. And over my underwear and bra, I was wearing a little um, sheet, like a beach cover-up sheet, the kind that you know, they wear in Bali where they tie it up uh, uh, on on top of the chest and it kind of hangs open in front. So, you know, my tummy is exposed and, and my legs are bare and my feet are bare and my mouth is watering. Like I'm like freaking out right now. Like my mouth starting like water and simultaneously go dry. Like I'm whew, starting to get PTSD just from <laughs> just remembering this bullshit that happened to me. <laughs> oh God, I hope I get some sleep tonight after this. So recalling the stupid story, but I have to tell you guys, this is the weirdest fucking thing that's maybe happened to me ever. So, all right, here I am in wearing hardly anything and my cat's going after something and I'm like, you know, it couldn't have been a snake cause I would have seen it slithering along, but there was something and I saw it sticking up. So I, 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 I got a little closer and oh my effing God, you guys, it was a goddamn scorpion. It was massive. I mean, the way that the landlord said, he says they're deadly. He had two on him in one day. They're deadly. 
and they're small, like an inch to two inches long. They don't ever get more than two inches long. God damn it. If this one wasn't almost six fucking inches long, it was massive it, with it, its tail sticking up. It was four inches off the ground was this, the tail. So no one told me that these motherfuckers can goddamn climb walls. No one fucking told me that they can fucking climb walls, dude. This thing went behind the cat's litter box and I couldn't get to it. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm looking around like, what the fuck am I going to do? I don't want to get near this goddamn thing. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out right now, recalling it. <laughs> I'm like those stupid readings. They all said this goddamn energy was coming my way. How did they, how did they know? And it's just real. It's fucking real. It's in my house. It's black as night. It looked like a goddamn black hole, a dangerous little black hole creature. So I'm, my cat's like freaking out. She's making sounds I've never heard her say before. She's like, what the fuck is that thing? And this thing went behind the litter box and started climbing up the fucking wall. And at my eye level, this goddamn thing was at my fucking eye level. And the only thing I had was my son who loves me very much and did not want me to ever feel that I would be helpless had created a spear. Now I'm standing there in my underwear with a sheet wrapped around me, but you know, my tummy's sticking out, my feet are bare and I'm holding a fucking spear. And it was at that moment I realized this is what Ecuador has reduced me to. Not only did I not become my parents or my grandparents, I become my ancient fucking ancestors. I have gone rogue native and I'm, I'm battling a goddamn scorpion with a fucking spear. It's, it's a knife, like a butcher knife type of knife, not butcher knife. I guess even a scarier knife. I look at this thing. It's got holes in it. It's got, um, I mean, I could gut a fucking deer with this thing. It, <laughs> <laughs> and it's in his taped and my son made it for me. And I'm like, I got to get this thing. I got to kill this fucking thing. Because what the landlord told me is that they're very dangerous. They're deadly. They're fucking deadly. It's going to kill my cat. It's going to kill me. I got to do something. And also something occurred to me is this is the moment in which I wish I was married and had a husband because what the fuck? What the actual fuck? I could die in my house and no one's going to know because I just paid the last bill and I'm not going to see the landlord for two or three weeks because he leaves me alone. He knows I'm, I'm a private person. I'm going to die here and, you know, one of us is going to... This is horrible. I'm not going to let this fucking energy, this horrible, evil, goddamn vile creature, I'm not going to allow it to kill me. So I'm trying to knock it off the fucking wall with a spear while simultaneously hopping back, jumping back in my little flip flops and screaming my head off. Die motherfucker. Die. That's what I was screaming. Die motherfucker. Die. (laughs) My lungs terrified because I literally was fighting for my life and I was fighting for my cat's life and she was like what the fuck I never saw my mom act like this and she was like trying to get the thing too the thing is now at my eye level I knock it off the fucking wall then I realize oh shit it's gonna crawl towards me I'm jumping back I'm screaming I got this spear in my hand and I'm like what am I gonna do what am I gonna do what the fuck am I gonna do and, and, and you know I gotta kill it do I do I just shove the spear into it 
and, and, and what do I do? I'm like, okay, chop it, fucking chop it. Right. So now <laughs> both hands on the spear, freaking out, completely livid that this is happening and scared to fucking death. This thing is happening. And, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to just chop it. Okay. So I, I, I chop it's, it's claw off and it's the front claw. And, and then it's just kind of starting to, to go towards me with its tail up and the tail is doing this kind of snake dance, going back and forth. Like it's trying to fucking hypnotize me so it could come over and sting me. I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. What's the second thing I got to get that fucking tail off. The tail is dangerous. So I, I chop off that tail and it doesn't go. I, I mean, with both hands on the fucking spear over my head, kind of a chop karate chop that fucking thing and it didn't go and I'm like why isn't it going this thing is tough as hell it was like a very old very dry very tough piece of beef jerky I'm like fighting with a dangerous piece of beef jerky it looked like fucking like a fucking slim jim guys if you're from the US you're laughing your ass off right now because you know you know what these fucking things look like and I I just <laughs> so I, I I'm chopping this thing the second chop finally I got its fucking tail and I chopped it off and then I'm like get the nether get the other the other claw the other claw that's still dangerous I'm like chopping that claw up I'm like it's still looking at me the goddamn thing has no tail no claws it's got his back legs but what the fuck I gotta chop its goddamn head off because that's the only way and then I chop its head off and the things in pieces and part of it's it's still fucking writhing around and I'm like chopping it to bits screaming die motherfucker die motherfucker die motherfucker die and I couldn't stop I couldn't stop and I was just I went completely fucking psycho on this little well, big fucking creature when it was alive. And then afterwards I was like, yeah, it wasn't as big as I thought. It wasn't like it was two feet long, but it was goddamn scary. It was five or six inches long. The, 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 the tail was four and a half to five inches from the ground up. And then when it climbed up the wall, I didn't know they fucking climbed walls. And I'm looking at this thing going, I don't know why. Like I was scared when I chopped this thing. Is it going to spray poison at me? Is it going to shoot darts out of its fucking tail? I don't know anything about these kinds of creatures, guys. I had zero clue, zero knowledge of because they scare the fuck out of me. I don't even want to think about it or look at the picture or even learn about these scientifically. I had zero curiosity in, in scorpions or Scorpio men, no fucking curiosity whatsoever. Right? The day I go out the Scorpio man, a fucking scorpion shows up in my house. No, thank you. Demon get the hell out of my house. <laughs> die motherfucker. Die. This is my, this is the fucking thing that happened to me. And, and I mean, I couldn't sleep for weeks. I, I was like waiting until the sun came up and checking my sheets and triple checking my sheets and making sure there's nothing in my fucking bed. I don't know. Do these things travel in packs? Is this just the scout one? Like an ant will 50 or a hundred descend on me. Am I going to just have to Indiana Jones my way out of this motherfucking scorpion nest of a horrible apartment? Do I need to, you know, my mind is overthinking at this point. The thing is dead. You know, I, I, I killed all the bits of it. The fucking dangerous beef jerky is dead. And, and, and I'm thinking, is it going to outgas some kind of nerve poison that now I'm going to fucking pass out and die anyway? Is my cat going to die? Is she going to try to eat it? Is it poisonous? Are the parts of it poisonous? Is she going to die? 
Uh, you know, from eating it. Is, is she afraid of her litter box now? Is she going to piss all over the house? Am I going to die from asthma because now the cat's pissing all over the house? Like, all of these thoughts, like, probably in a matter of 30 seconds. <laughs> is it, do these things marry? Do they have a consciousness? Is its wife going to come and get revenge on me in my sleep? You know, I, I don't know. I don't fucking know anything. I don't know anything about these little bastards. I just was so scared. Do they travel in packs? Do they travel in herds? Do they come in pairs? Like, are they married? Do they have wives? Do they have fucking scorpion societies? I don't goddamn know. This thing is so, I mean, the horrible overthinking thoughts. They were thinking themselves in my mind at that point. It was pretty horrifying, horrifying actually. And all these things after the 20 YouTube card tarot card readings going, well, you're going to be soon dealing with scorpion energy. And it was like a warning. Ah, there'll be scorpions coming into your life. Blah, blah, blah. Scorpion energy, this scorpion energy, that bada, bada, boom, bada, bada, bing. I could not, could not fucking handle this shit. You know? So, and I was thinking about all this shit the day that the scorpion came, you know, I, I, I meet a Scorpio, a scorpion comes into my house. I actually have the Scorpio in my mid heaven, in my chart. And I'd been thinking about that. Like, what the fuck does that mean? What the fuck? (laughs) You know, I really need a man. I really need my twin flame in my life. I need him to battle the fucking scorpions. You know, (laughs) although I did a pretty damn good job of it cutting this bastard up myself, I must say. I mean, this whole day was weird and that's how it fucking ended. I have to reevaluate my whole effing life plan now at this point, because what the hell? Why am I alone? Why am I in a place filled with weird creatures? I mean, one day there was like an eight inch long lizard in my bathroom. It had wandered in. It was like a miniature alligator. It saw me. I saw it. We both had a shock look on our face and it disappeared somewhere behind the toilet and went through a hole in the wall to only God knows where, <laughs> you know, <laughs> these things have just come on in if they want, make their self at home. If they want, I called the landlord. He's, he's like, he's like, what the hell is happening? What the hell is happening? I told him and he said, well, scorpions don't get that big. Well, they goddamn fucking do today. Don't get that big. Like you're a fucking entomologist. Jesus Christ. You know, nothing. And he says, and then he says, then he has the nerve to say to me, he gaslights me at this point. Uh, Oh, they just would have given you a welt. It would never have hurt you. Really? It could not have. They're gentle creatures. And if they do sting you, it's just a little welt. You get a little sore for two or three days. I'm like, you fucking told me when one was on you, when a second one was on you, that they're goddamn deadly. You said that they don't get more than two inches here. This was really fucking huge. Each piece, each individual piece of this motherfucker was bigger than what he described he had on him. So when it's a teeny tiny one on him, it's deadly. When it's a giant one attacking my cat and I like, like, you know, fucking, I mean, I felt like I was on Spock Trek over here. <laughs> I'm in Star Trek, the original series, battling to the goddamn death, this grueling battle with this motherfucking scorpion. And, and, all, and he's like, oh, I just would have stung you. Not a big deal. <laughs> 
And I'm like, what the fuck? Like if I had tried to rescue this bitch out of my house, where am I going to fling it to? <clears throat> my yard where it's going to get my cat later. My neighbor's yard with the kids. My other neighbor's yard with the kids and the dog. Or the other neighbor's you know, yard with the dog. You know, I mean, there was like nothing I could have done except kill this fucking thing where it stood. Thank you, God. I haven't seen another one. Thank you, God. For two more months, I haven't seen another one. But I haven't been sleeping well. I haven't been, um, I've been scared to go to bed. This is fucking really fucked with my head. I told him I, 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 I'm leaving. I have to fucking leave. And I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to figure this shit out so I could make enough money to leave because I don't deserve this shit. No one deserves to live like this. So that's my scorpion story, guys. That is it. Um, I seriously didn't even know how tough those things were. It literally, it was like fighting the very, uh, uh, like a very dangerous piece of beef jerky that was trying to sting me or kill me. You know, it was so tough. I didn't know how hard it was to, to kill these things. Well, fucking hell, I do know now. Anyway, he said, oh, you'll not see another one for a year. I'm like, I'm not going to be here in a year, dude. It's already been a couple months, and um, I'm already trying to uh, get through this. <clears throat> trying to get make my video here and trying to get involved with crypto. I'm trying to do some shit so I can make enough money to get the flock out of here because I do need to move. I do need to move quickly to Monta. So guys, pray for me that um, I'm safe and, and, and that the cat is safe and pray for me that, you know, but Jesus Christ Almighty, when they tell me, when, when a reading tells me this 20 different readings from like five or 10 different readers over the course of like a month and then that, oh my God. And it didn't even occur to me. It was going to be a real creature. So I look it up later because you know how spiritual I am. <laughs> it means generation rebirth death, life, which me and my twin, he's the archangel of life. I'm the archangel of death. Um, <laughs> it means, you know, regeneration, renewal, you know, at the end of it, I was like, good luck in your next life. I said to its carcass that was in pieces on my floor. And I told my friend Scorpio this. He's like, oh, well, you know, you should have just taken his body and put it in alcohol, you know, for the next time. Like, oh, there ain't going to be a next time, motherfucker. No, no, no. (laughs) He's like, yeah, but you could have helped your, could have helped your arthritis with that. I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm not going to rub this nasty ass creature juice all over my body. I'm sorry. No, (laughs) I actually tried scorpion. There's a scorpion formula that they have in keto. It's a native recipe and it's bright fucking red. It looks like, um, like red food dye and, um, and you spray it on your body and it, it stings your skin a little. It's very weird, but it, um, it's supposed to take pain out. It did nothing for me. Just like the Scorpio men, the (laughs) scorpion juice did nothing for me. Sorry if you're a Scorpio. It's just, you know what? It's not going to work out with the Virgo. (laughs) Maybe it'll work out with the Cancer if you find the right one. I don't know. 
you know, and, and I've met other people that have Scorp- have Scorpios in their life that are wonderful, amazing people, and they don't have a problem. I have a fucking problem. I've always just, I don't know. I was having a version to this. <laughs> and that's my really scary adventure story from, from the break. <laughs> I have other fun stories from the break, but we're going to have to go tomorrow to tell you guys that. Uh, let's go to spaceweather.com news and information about the sun earth environment. The current solar wind speed is 373.9 kilometers per second. The sun is very quiet. We're on sunspot number 52. No solar flares. Um, everything is stable with quiet magnetic fields. Not a lot of activity today, which is good. The neutron accounts remain at elevated at 0.5% above space age average, but which is hardly nothing. It's not even a whole percent. No big deal. No chrono holes on the earth side of the sun. Not a lot going on and no fireballs at all over the United States, which is interesting. Um, very, very interesting. It's just been a quiet day again. So the Schumann resonance news today coming out of Italy is power 13, by the way, 13, it's a number of death. And I think it's related to scorpions. Fuck my life. (laughs) Anyway, uh, heartmath.org. They do have their, uh, the heart math Institute, they are up and running again. So we can check out what the Schumann resonances power was like, uh, two days ago. They're always two days behind. So let's check that out and look at the six cities available. All right. So on Tuesday, July 26th at the 2300 hour, California was at 149 Hertz frequency. Hopu Saudi Arabia, as well as Northland, New Zealand, and Hulului, South Africa, were all at zero, and they've been there for a while since uh, it looks like the 23rd of July. They've been at zero hertz frequency. Uh, Lithuania was at 192 hertz frequency. And last but not least, Alberta, Canada was at 275 hertz frequency. All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, we're going to talk about some Neville Goddard um I won't even say it theories because they've been proven. Um, you could prove them to yourself. We're going to talk about the law of assumption. This is quite different from the law of attraction and it is more powerful and it's going to help you manifest faster in your life than you ever dreamed. And we're going to talk about that right after this itty bitty musical ditty. I'll be right back guys. Right, guys we're gonna jump right in and talk about some techniques and a little bit about Neville Goddard uh, he was born as Neville Lancelot Godard or Goddard and he was a Barbadian new thought author he wrote about the Bible mysticism and self-help he wrote a lot about God and he had a very interesting spin on 
well, basically the law of attraction, there's another law called the law of assumption. And that is the one that he used to create the life of his dreams. He's grown into quite a popular fellow in the past 100 years. He was born in 1905 on February 19th in St. Michael Barbados. And he died on October 1st, 1972 in West Hollywood, California, or well, those of us in the LGBTQIA community call it WeHo. I don't know uh, if he was in the community or not, but he did die on our stomping grounds. <laughs> um, he did have children, uh, Joseph Neville Goddard and Victoria Goddard, and his parents were Wilhelmina Goddard and Joseph Nathaniel Goddard. So basically, uh, you've heard of the law of attraction. We'll go over that for a little bit. There's a lot of popular movies surrounding the law of attraction, such as what the bleep do we know and the secret. And I highly recommend these, um, to, uh, you know, watch, study, get to know. And when you study the law of attraction, you're going to notice that there are, um, basically a lot of popular phrases and ideas that surround this specific law. So the law of attraction, like attracts, like you vibrate at a specific rate or a specific vibration of something, you will bring that to you immediately. You will attract it to you. And so what you think about, you bring about what you focus on expands. You get more of that. And that's how the law of attraction works. Well, this is a way that a lot of people do bring their dream life to them. They think about it and they get it. But what a lot of people don't realize, it's not just about thinking, it's about feeling. And when you feel the vibration of that thing, you bring it to you. Well, Neville Goddard took this a little bit farther when he just focused on the law of assumption and the law of assumption basically is this. If you act as if it has already happened, that's how you bring it about. So instead of just thinking about something or having emotions about something that may happen in the future, putting your hopes into the future, hope is a liar, you know, uh, because it's talking about something that will never, ever happen. Uh, and we've talked about this before, even though a lot of people say, well, at least I have hope <laughs> and, and hope assumes that in the future, something great's going to happen. But with the law of assumption, you imagine it's already happened. It's done. It's a done deal. You've got it. And now you think about what you feel like after the thing that you wanted has happened. Now it's, it's, it's kind of a subtle thing. It's, it's a little bit, uh, it's almost more nebulous and it's almost more, um, ethereal than the law of attraction. Cause you know, the law of attraction, it's kind of like, we're trying to attract something, something is not in our life, but we're trying to attract it by imagining it's in our life or imagining we have the thing, you know? So, um, 
if you look at the movie, the secret, there's a, a woman who's staring at a necklace that she wants through a storefront window. And she's imagining that someone buys it for her. Someone puts it around her neck. She's so happy that she has it. And she keeps imagining that she's a gun. She's going to have it. It's going to happen. It's gonna be hers. She's attracting it to her. But in the law of assumption, if you were to do this, you wouldn't be at that store imagining something is going to happen. You assume you already have it. You, you already, you're there. You already have it. You're pleased with yourself. You're satisfied. You're happy that you already have it. And that's how you bring it about so much faster. Just like that. So much faster. It life becomes a snap and a breeze. <laughs> and I have been working with, um, some Neville Goddard techniques over the break. I can see that it is starting to work a little bit, um, more in my life. And it takes a while because we have stuff stuck in our subconscious mind, you know, uh, that we have to kind of work through these blocks, these emotional and mental blocks in order to get the thing that we wish. So what is the law of assumption? The law of assumption is assuming the thing that you want is already done. It's a done deal. So how's it different from the law of attraction? We've already talked about that a little bit. I have these questions I wanted to use as my guide for this episode. So the law of assumption is more focused, not on the thoughts of attracting something, but the feelings of already having that something. So why is the law of assumption more effective than the law of attraction? It's more effective because you put yourself into a projected future of your mind and you're already there living it. You're already there in it. You are already a part of the world you wish to create in the law of attraction. You're trying to create that life in your mind, but you're trying to attract that life to you. You're still on this side of it looking, you know, you're on the inside looking out or the outside looking in, but in the law of assumption, you're already in it. You're not on the outside looking in. You're already in it. You already see yourself there. You see yourself living in the house that you've already purchased with cash. You see yourself in your dream career, in your dream job, living the life. You're already in that wardrobe. You can feel the silk or the burlap. I don't know what kind of clothes you want to wear, but whatever (laughs) cotton, I don't know, but you feel it on your skin whether it's a shark skin suit or a wet suit, whether it's a a dress that's light and breezy or a gown that you're going to wear to the Academy Awards, whatever it is that you want to do or wear, be, have, you know, no matter what it is. So for me, uh, you know, wanting my twin flame in my life, I'm already assuming that he and I are together and that maybe we are cuddling in bed together and he's saying something to me that's very sweet. So you can imagine your beloved 
who maybe you're not, maybe you're still single, but in your law of assumption practice, you would imagine as if it's already happened and that you're feeling the feelings of satisfaction of already having been with that person. So if I were to do this, then I would imagine that he's laying next to me and he's saying something like, I am so grateful that we're finally together. You are what has been missing from my life, my entire life. And I finally feel relaxed and happy and grateful that we're, that we're together. I feel blessed. And for, and so if I imagine that this person saying this to me, my emotions regarding this, instead of going, Ooh, I hope it happens. It's more of a energy of, you know what? I feel really at peace. I feel really at ease. Not only am I happy and grateful now that this has happened, I assume that it's happened. In fact, I could see myself 10 years down the line after it happened and I could feel myself feeling grateful and feeling blessed and feeling that there's just a calmness that has washed over me for 10 years. He's been mine for 10 years. I've been his. I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. And it's been this way since the beginning of time. It's been this way for the past 10 years. And I feel like we can have a meal together and I'm not nervous. I'm not worried. I'm not scared. He may not like me. (laughs) You know, when you're doing the law of attraction, you're like, what if they don't like me? What if I, what, you know, but with the law of assumption, you assume that that person is every bit in love with you as you are with them. If indeed that's the thing that you're trying to assume into your life, you're assuming something into your life. Now, Neville Goddard, he talks about how we are all connected. Everybody in the world is simply you pushed out. So when you try to attract or assume someone into your life, You're just assuming a part of yourself is with you already. So he doesn't believe that this is manipulation of others. He doesn't believe that you're doing the wrong thing when you assume someone specific manifesting a specific person is in your life. He doesn't assume that this is wrong or evil or bad because you cannot you know, manipulate or, or take over someone's life by assuming they're in your life because they're just, you simply pushed out. Now, if you assume that person and they come into your life and it turns out not to work out or not to be right, then you don't want that anymore. And you assume something else. (laughs) It's just another way of looking at what you're doing naturally with your life anyway. Now I'm going to tell you a story when I first met my second husband and I was still with the first and I knew that, Oh, I made a terrible mistake. This first husband wasn't, he's not my true love. When I met the second one, I went, Oh my God, that's the man I want to be with. And even though I loved my first husband, I knew the second one was the father to my children. He was what I had been looking for. 
my first husband had lied to me about a couple things about his life. He didn't really lie to me. I'm not going to call him a liar. He really wasn't. He was a good man, but he might've mentioned these things about himself before we got married. For example, I did not know he was a swinger and I wanted a relationship in which is just he and I and no one else. Um, as soon as we got married, I got all these wild calls about from these people I didn't even know existed and they wanted to invite us out for the weekend to come over and play with them. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Can we invite you guys over for a play date now that you're a couple? I'm like, what is happening? And then he said, Oh, by the way, I'm a swinger and they want to invite us over to go swinging with them. I'm like, I'm not into that wife swapping shit. I'm sorry. You know, if you are, that's fine. I'm not going to slut shame you or whatever, but I wasn't into that. You might've mentioned that first. And I felt like I don't really know this guy that I married and I don't think I want to continue being married to him. And I was a little bit, you know, afraid of, of being with him for the long haul. And I was sad about it. And and then one day he said something along the lines of, if you ever start believing in God, I'm going to have to divorce you. And I'm like, but I do believe in God. So what? And, you know, and, and it was like, it started to unravel rather quickly. <laughs> and it was like, oh man. So I did kind of use, without even knowing about it, I used the law of assumption I laid down in bed and he would fall asleep quickly and I would kind of scooch on over to my side of the bed. And I imagined that I was, instead of being with him, I was with my second husband and I would put my head on his chest and he would put his arms around me and I would assume that we were together. And my pillow in my mind's eye became this man's chest and I ended up marrying him and we were together 13 years. Um, we had our children together. So it was right that I would imagine that this is my guy because he really was my, my, um, main soulmate. And the first husband was more of a karmic partner. There was a karma that, uh, like a, a debt that needed to be repaid. That's why we were together. Even though he wasn't a bad person, there was just a lot of shit about him. I did not know. And it was one of those, Oh, by the way, ha 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 ha. Can't get out of it now. We're married. And it's like, ha 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 ha. Yes, I can. Did I introduce you to my divorce attorney yet? <laughs> it was just one of those crazy things. Like my, um, mother-in-law, my first mother-in-law came over and was bearing gifts. When we first got married, one of the gifts was a pretty big picture of my first husband completely naked with a giant, uh, uh, fro basically (laughs) flipping and flapping through the breeze. And he was running naked in front of a stadium full of people. And I was like, uh, what the hell is this? Might've been a story you had told me before I decided to marry you. Maybe it would have changed my mind. And it turns out he used to go streaking and he streaked in front of everyone in his high school and the, uh, other rival high school. I was at some kind of football game or something. And everybody in the city where we lived had seen my husband naked 
And that embarrassed the hell out of me. I was trying to start my life as a hypnotherapist. I am a certified clinical hypnotherapist. And they told us in school that you have to keep up appearances. You have to dress nice and act respectable in the community. And I'm not only not married to a respectable man, but a spectacle of a man who everyone has seen naked. I was like, this is not going to motherfucking fly in my life. Even though I love you and you're a great person, you're not the person for me. So that was like weird. So that was something that happened in my life that I probably have not talked about yet on the show, but that's what happened to me. So when I would lay down at night, I would imagine myself with this man who was honorable, respectable, and not at all a spectacle. He was the man I was looking for. And he was always wearing nice suits and even his shoes were tailor made to his feet. Like he was always dressed just really nice and he smelled good and he was very much the professional person and he was also in hypnotherapy school so he understood the importance of putting that you know that best foot forward approach and he was interested in all the same things and he believed in God he was the person that at that time I needed and I, you know I need more of a spiritual person not a religious person but that's you know, the person I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. So I assumed we were together and I would lay down at night and I put my head on my, on my pillow. And then that in my mind's eye became his chest and we would wrap our arms around each other and our legs would be wrapped around each other. And we would just, uh, breathe together. And I would just have that feeling of being with the true love of my life. And it only took a few weeks before he called me and said, that's it. I'm going to leave my wife. Cause I haven't had sex with her nine years, not attracted to her been 17 years living with somebody I'm not attracted to never have been. And I want to have children with you. She couldn't even have children. I want my life with you. I've been imagining my life with you. I think we're going to be perfect together. So we left, I left my husband. He left his wife we got together, we found an apartment and we had already been through the hell of breaking up. And all of a sudden one day I just looked at him. I said, you know, you might want to kiss me. He's like, what do you mean? Like we've never even kissed. We didn't have an affair. We did nothing on that level at all. We didn't even consider it. It was never a consideration, you know, cause we were faithful to our people. That was another thing that made me feel like, wow, you know, <laughs> after we had filed, you know, he filed for divorce first. And then I waited a few months. I had to pay for it. So, but, um, but he had been assuming that I was in his life. I was his wife. We're going to have children and the whole nine yards and the whole thing ensued. And then, you know, the rest is history. I've got my beautiful children. They're adults and they're living in the Bay area in California. And my husband, God rest his soul. He died 12 years ago, this, uh, coming, uh, fall, but I use the law of assumption to get what I wanted and it does work. It does work. So imaginal acts become facts. That is one of the books that Neville Goddard wrote. Imaginal acts 
become facts. So you can change not only your life, but you can also change the life of those around you by imagining the thing that you wish for your friend, provided it's not going to hurt them, provided it's going to help them. He says, I carry on a conversation mentally with that friend from the, from the basis that he is in that state kind of that flow state. And Neville Goddard does talk about that flow state. Once you get into the energy and the feeling of it, you enter a flow state. Once you're in that flow state, you want to keep the emotions high in that vibration of the flow of what you need, what you want. So he says, Neville Goddard says, he tells me how happy he is with his new job and how much money he's making. I see him in my mind's eye being radiant. Well then, myself persuaded that this imaginal act is a fact. Do I really believe in the reality of what I've done? Do I believe that imagining creates reality? I do. Well then, to the degree that I am self-persuaded, he becomes the embodiment of what I've imagined him to be. So when you imagine something, not just for yourself, but for others, you can bring it about what you think about you bring about. And when you assume it's true, you have to believe it's true because it is true. The law of assumption is stronger than the law of attraction. When you believe it is 100% your life as it is. Now you're going to pull it to you so much faster by putting yourself already in it. If you're in it, you're going to win it. And this is true, completely true. So, uh, I did find on YouTube an account called Elmer O Locker Jr. And Elmer O. Locker is the grandfather of this man who knew Neville Goddard personally. And he is mentioned in Neville Goddard's books, actually. And they became good friends. But at first, his grandfather set out to prove this guy wrong. He thought he was doing a disservice to humanity by lying through his teeth about the law of assumption and that it's not at all real. And Neville Goddard proved him wrong by giving him some techniques. And he said, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong by doing your techniques. And then I'm going to tell the world about it. And I'm going to bust this wide open and make sure that you can never teach this again. Well, it turns out he ended up with egg on his face because it is true. And he was thrilled that it was true and he proved it was true. And he became one of the best, um, mouthpieces or spokespersons for Neville Goddard at that time, because he told everybody who would listen that yes, it is true. So we're going to go over some of the techniques tonight so that you could prove to yourself it is true also for you. So the techniques always uh, start with breathing, breathing deep and focusing on nothing but your breath. You breathe in, you breathe out. 
you breathe in, you breathe out. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of God's favorite idiot. I just watched this show. Oh my God. It is so funny. Um, it's on Netflix. It's amazing. Melissa McCarthy is in it. It's, it's an incredible, uh, show. It's really, it's kind of about the end of the world. It's a comedy (laughs) and it's, uh, it's interesting. It's really different. It's kind of a unique show. And anyway, there was, um, I think it was this one that I was watching. I I watched a couple shows in the past few weeks, you know, when I was on my break, but there was, I think it was that show in God's favorite idiot. I'm sure that was it or was maybe actually, you know what? It wasn't it. So actually canceled that thought. It was that one, but that I watched recently, but it wasn't either. It was manifest another spiritual show. I've found a bunch of, uh, there's been an explosion of spiritual shows on, um, Netflix lately. No manifest. That's the one where this man was taking care of this elderly woman and he's, and he tried to get her to breathe. He said, can you imagine that you're, um, I can't remember. He said, breathing in something wonderful. You're smelling a wonderful feast. And now you're going to blow out the candles on your birthday cake. Instead of saying, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, just, you know, and, and he got her to do that and it got her out of her anger state cause she had Alzheimer's. It was a very weird and touching scene, but I thought that was interesting. So you breathe in, you smell the wonderful flowers. Now you're blowing out the birthday candles on the birthday cake. Anyway, that that's just another wild way of thinking about it, but that's it. You just breathe in, you breathe out, you breathe in, you breathe out. And then the next part of his techniques is you imagine you're a brand new little baby. You don't have a future. You don't have a past. You're just there. You're brand new, fresh and born. You don't know anything. You don't have any uh, negative baggage. You don't have anything. You don't have anything to look forward to and you don't have anything to be afraid of. You're just brand new. And once you breathe in, you breathe out 20 times. Now you're a brand new baby. Then you imagine the thing that you do want and you assume as if assume it into your life or assume yourself into that life as if it's already true. So now you are in the middle of that career. Say you want to be a public speaker. Now you're on that podium. You're wearing that lovely suit, that beautiful outfit that you wanted to wear and you're uh, delivering a speech to an audience of thousands or hundreds of thousands, maybe millions. If you're on television, you know, and, and now you're giving a speech and you're, everyone is smiling at you and expecting you to, to do a good job and you're killing it. You're up there on stage crushing it. You know, if that was the thing you wanted, or you can, um, imagine whatever it is. And people have done this to win, uh, money in the lottery. People have done this to uh, imagine, that they're in the life of their dreams, the house of their dreams, the job or, or the relationship of their dreams. But you have to imagine it's not your dream anymore. You're living it. You are the living embodiment of it through the law of assumption. So here we go. We're going to talk about a couple of these techniques. So of course the first one I've already mentioned is believing in imaginal acts as facts. So you can 
imagine a specific thing. Like maybe you're standing on a stage saying, I would like to thank the Academy. <laughs> you know, if you're an actor, that might be a really good one, right? And and you imagine it, you feel it, you 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 sense the air around you and you fill in the blanks of the colors and the sights and the sounds and the emotions that you're feeling and the pride in yourself at having accomplished such a wonderful um, feat. <laughs> That's uh, the first technique, right? And, and like I already mentioned, breathing, just breathing. It's very, very simple. One of his uh, techniques is just breathing to manifest your desires. You're just vividly imagining the wish fulfilled as if it's already fulfilled while you're breathing. You're there. Just have your deep, deep inhalations and exhalations happening while you're already there. When I was assuming that I was one day going to be laying in bed with my second husband and I had my head on his chest. I, and I did this automatically before I ever heard of Neville Goddard. I was just laying there with my head on his chest and we were breathing. That was it. When I was breathing, I was imagining his chest moving in rhythm to mine. We were breathing in together. We were breathing out together. All we were doing was breathing. And it worked. I mean, in a matter of weeks, we were together. I met him in April and 4th of July weekend, we were already moving in together. That's how quick that worked. (laughs) It really does work. It's crazy. But you just breathe in, you just breathe out. That's it. But when you imagine that you're already there in the situation, like say you wanted a beach condo, you're sitting on your... Uh, patio watching the ocean and you're just breathing in the salt air and breathing out you're breathing in and you're breathing out and you're hearing the call of the seagulls behind you you're smelling the the scent of seaweed and when you're blowing out you're imagining the the fresh air coming up off the ocean is blowing your breath away from you as you're standing in the wind. It's so easy. You're already there. You're just breathing in it, breathing it in. And you do this to your own rhythm. You could be relaxing with a drink or listening to nice music, just something very simple, but you're just breathing. Imagine that you're in this wonderful place. There's nothing you can do because you're already done. You've already done it. It's already there. Now, the next technique is pretty much kind of goes hand in hand with all these others. You just catch the mood, the catch the mood technique. Neville Goddard tells us that we need to conceive of a state. This is a feeling or a mood. And then we just have to dwell in that state until it becomes a physical fact. 
If I imagine I am with my beautiful twin flame and we are just kicking it in a hot tub, passing the bong back and forth to each other, and we're laughing and we're happy. We're just enjoying life. We're listening maybe to some reggae music or maybe classical music, whatever we feel like at that moment. There's a feeling to that. There's a jovial calmness. If I could catch that mood and that state, I no longer need to be uptight that it's not here yet because when I catch that mood, I'm already there. He's there with me. He's just another me pushed out right? And technically he's my twin flame. So he already is me. There's no way that I'm going to reject myself. So there's no way he's going to reject me. I catch the mood. I catch the feeling of it. In my father's house are unnumbered mansions. Were it not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? That's what Neville Goddard points out to us. When I go and prepare the place, I return again so that I may take you with me. That where I am in that state prepared, you shall be also. Now I take a state. I want to be known. I want to contribute to the world's good and I want to live well. And I mean, well, I want to feel secure, not only financially, but secure socially. When I enter a room, I'm not embarrassed and doesn't matter who they are. If there are people there. They might have all the degrees in the world. They could come from all great universities in the world and be honored by the world. But I want to stand in their presence and not feel little. I want to feel as a man. I am not to bow my head in shame because of any restriction of my past. If I were born behind the eight ball, socially, financially, and intellectually, it matters not. I want to feel important. I want to feel great. I want to feel right. This is from Neville Goddard's lecture called Catch the Mood. And he sheds light, of course, on the secret meaning of the words that Jesus said about being many mansions in his father's house. You have to make sure you create the mood as if what you wish to have is already fulfilled. You dwell in that mood or that state of mind until your wish is fulfilled in your reality surrounding you. So, um, let's see, let me go to the next one here. Oh, but before I do, I want you to, when you do this, don't act as if it's going to happen. It's already happened. Neville says, always use your imagination masterfully as a participant. You're not an onlooker. You don't imagine you're outside of yourself looking onto the scene. You're in it. You're not outside of it looking in. You're in it. Already looking at what has happened, what has been, what is right now. You have to become intensely aware of this. According to the law and the promise, another book written by Neville Goddard, he says, 
Moods are imaginal activities without which no creation is possible. Moods are not only the result of the conditions of our life, they are also the causes of those conditions. Now, this was an interesting one. Uh, So the next technique is climbing a ladder, the climb a ladder technique. This is legendary. So basically this technique is what happened to Elmer O. Locker's uh, grandfather. He said that one of Neville's first students was his grandfather. And he was the one that didn't, he thought he was getting ready to prove him wrong. And he said, this is what you need to do. Want you to imagine you're climbing an actual ladder. You're feeling that you're climbing. You're actually, your hands are on the side of that ladder. You can feel if it feels a little warm or a little cold, whatever it feels to your touch. You imagine your body climbing. You can even feel your muscles tensing up at the same time that you're doing this every night you can say write down I am not going to climb a ladder and you write this on several pieces of paper and you put it around your house I will not climb a ladder I am not climbing a ladder <laughs> put it in your bathroom in next to your bathroom mirror or in your bedroom when you wake up, first thing you see it, I'm not, I'm not going to climb a ladder. I am not going to climb a ladder. Well, Elmer O. Locker did this. And and Elmer O. Locker Jr. even tried this too. He said it's the craziest thing because after he imagined this every night, night after night for a while, like a week or two, and he had it up. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And he said he went to his dad's house and his dad was up on the roof and he says, Hey, can you, you, can you hand me that? And he, and he pointed to something he needed and he grabbed it without thinking about it. He climbed up the ladder. He went, Oh my God. And this proved that what you think about and imagine doing it, it happens even with the word, not, it doesn't even matter. The subconscious mind doesn't know the meaning of the word that the universe doesn't hear not. And you can use this technique, not for climbing a ladder, but for other things. I will not become a millionaire. I will not be in that beautiful relationship. But then you imagine that you are keep imagining it, but saying it out loud, I'm not going to do that. Put it, you know, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. I don't like the word not using it. No, it's not going to happen. I'm definitely not going to fall in love. I'm definitely not going to be happier than I've ever been in my whole life. I'm definitely not going to be super wealthy. I'm definitely not going to live in that beach house. Oh, I'm definitely not going to feel the the cool breeze in my hair from my porch as I sip a a, a tequila shooter. No, no, no. That's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to be spiritually advanced. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> While the whole time imagining yourself floating around your living room in sheer bliss because you're an ascended master and you levitate now. <laughs> it's a really strange technique, but if you feel yourself actually doing the thing, you can go look at Elmer O. Locker Jr. on YouTube. You're going to love it. Um, Another technique, which is fun that, and by the way, when you go to this website or if you decide to go see his stories, 
he has all the techniques. He does many, many different meditations. Um, I do recommend from time to time things I find on the internet that have been helpful for me that will be helpful for you. I highly recommend his channel. He's got a flow state meditation. It's three and a half hours long. In fact, it's three hours and 33 minutes long for those of you who are keeping track of angel numbers. Um, I love it. I listen to it every night and it's really helped me. It's all these techniques or a lot of these techniques combined. It's extremely helpful. So one of the techniques he takes you through is the congratulations technique. Neville Goddard says, if you can hear your family and friends congratulating you, you know, you close your eyes and you see yourself there. Um, Elmer O. Locker Jr. He says, what if you're on the, you wanted to win the lottery and you're on a cruise ship and you're being congratulated by your family and friends and you're standing around with each of one of you has a glass of champagne in your hand and you're celebrating your good fortune and your family and friends are patting you on the back and hugging you and kissing your cheek saying, Oh, I can't believe you did it. You did it. Oh boy. You did it old chap. Like, look at you. Congratulations. And they're genuinely beaming ear to ear, happy and proud of you that you got that promotion. You won that money. You won the lottery, whatever it is that you're trying to do. You imagine it, you accept the congratulations and you hear and listen to the reality of those words, congratulations, and it's genuine. And if you listen to your friends congratulate you on the fulfillment of your goal, even before it happens, but you see it in your mind's eye, you hear them saying it, you feel the warmth of their hand. You feel when they, they squeeze your hand and you can imagine it. You can imagine them hugging you their arms around you and they're kind of, you know, just patting you on the back like that, you know, just, Oh, you did it. Yes. Congratulations. Wow. That's incredible. And and you just imagine people congratulating you day and night. You know, for me, I might want to imagine people congratulating me and finally finding my twin flame writing me. I open up my, my, uh, Instagram and people are like, wow, I saw you on the news or I saw you in the tabloids with your true love. I did not even believe who you're with. Congratulations. I can't believe you're together with this person. He's wonderful. He's perfect for you. Of course he is. He's my twin flame. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. Now, again, you're not imagining that you're going to be in this situation. Put yourself really in it. You feel the genuine surprise and happiness as your friends and family congratulate you on your good fortune. And when you accept their congratulations, you're there actually accepting those handshakes and hugs. And you're doing so without embarrassment. Enter into the spirit of the scene and remain there until it feels real. Then drop it in confidence that the imaginal act was performed by God. That's what Neville Goddard says in his work, The Spirit Within. 
Now, if you could catch the feeling of someone saying congratulations to you and you just feeling so elated and so happy and, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you could feel the energy of that, that feeling, you catch the feeling, you know that this is how it works. Know that there is great power in imagining that somebody has congratulated you and that many people are congratulating you. Another thing you can do is, as a technique, is construct an event. Construct a scene in your mind, in your mind's eye, in your imagination, and you know it's going to come to life. Create a scene of any simple event that would mean that the desire has come to pass. So he says, Neville Goddard, in thinking fourth dimensionally, he writes, when you know exactly what you want, construct in your mind's eye a single simple event, which implies fulfillment of your desire, an event wherein self predominates. Instead of sitting back and looking at yourself as though you were on a screen, you're now an actor in the drama. When you construct this imaginal scene, it will come to life. So, okay, for example, say say you want to be an actor. We'll use that again. You want to be an actor. You want to be a damn good actor. You want to win an Oscar. Well, what if you've never acted? You've never been in anything. What if you were to... Put yourself in your new house and you're dusting off your shelf over, you know, the mantle over your fireplace and you're polishing your Oscar. You're feeling wonderful and your best friend is there saying, I wish I could have been there. This is incredible. Congratulations. And they shake your hand as you're there standing there polishing your Oscar. Or maybe you want to act in TV, so it's your Emmy Award. And you have a cloth in your hand and you're feeling the cool metal under your hand as you're polishing this award. And you catch the feeling of a sense of accomplishment. And you feel your friend say, congratulations. And you feel so good about that. That's what I mean by, or that's what he means by a simple event, a simple act. So it doesn't have to be a whole, I get on the stage, I'm in my suit, I'm walking across the stage, I hear people shouting for me. No, you're already done. It's already over. You've already done all that. Now you're here having to dust the thing. (laughs) That's my idea. You know, he didn't talk about dusting it, but this is how I would imagine, you know, if that's what you want. Imagine yourself now you have to dust it. <laughs> or maybe you're getting a cabinet constructed because you don't want to dust it and got to put it in the cabinet. So that would be like an example of, of a simple event or a simple act after the fact. So I'm going to read to you Assumptions Harden into Fact is the name of uh, one of his uh, works Neville Goddard wrote. And this is what he says. Now, as we come to the vital part of the evening, now this is from one of his speeches. 
So as we come to the vital part of the evening, the internal devoted to prayer, I mean the interval devoted to prayer, let me again clarify the technique. Know what you want. Then construct a single event, an event which implies fulfillment of your wish. Restrict the event to a single act. For instance, if I single out as an event shaking a man's hand, then that is the only thing I do. I do not shake it, then light a cigarette and do a thousand other things. I simply imagine that I'm actually shaking hands and keep the act going over and over and over again until the imaginary act has all the feeling of reality. This is, of course, from the speech, assumptions harden into fact. So those are, that's it. That's it. Uh, you can look at remain faithful to your idea by Neville Goddard to hear him put it a du- uh, another way, a different way. He says, here's the three steps. The first step is changing the future. The first step in changing the future is desire. That is define your objective. Know definitely what you want. Secondly, construct an event which you believe would encounter following the fulfillment of the desire, an event which implies the fulfillment of your desire, something which will have the action of self predominant. Thirdly, immobilize your physical body, induce a condition akin to sleep by imagining that you are sleepy, lie down on a bed or relax in a chair. Then with your eyelids closed and your attention focused on the action you intend to experience in imagination, mentally feel yourself right into the proposed action, imagining all the while that you are actually performing the action here and now. All right, guys, there's a lot more uh, techniques from Neville Goddard. We will try to do another one of these soon. I'm not thinking next week, but maybe in a few weeks or maybe um, next month we'll do another one. Um, Obviously, it's going to have to be next month because that's, (laughs) you know, next month is August in a few days. But uh, just work with these. Let me know uh, how they go for you and if it works to help you propel yourself forward and get into the thing that you want. Let me know if it works for you. Um, even if it's a small thing, five winning $5 in the lottery, just on a scratcher or whatever, you know, just even if it's a small thing like that, I want to hear about it. If you use these techniques, if they work for you, let me know. And we're going to definitely go over this again in the future. The law of assumption is an incredible thing. It is powerful. And I know you're going to, um, have the life of your dreams if you use these techniques. So there you have it for now. That's, uh, all of this episode. And if you have enjoyed this episode and got a lot out of it, please 
like, subscribe, share, tell everyone you know about it. And that's it for now. That's this episode of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. And I will be back tomorrow, as always, with an all-unique program. Tomorrow is, indeed, the Earth Changes Report and the Weekly Weird World News. It's always a fun one, so stick around. Uh, You might have fun with us and learn some new things that you didn't know before. And that's it for now. I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. I've been making episodes of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, for a while now, and many of you have contacted me wondering just how you can support me and my podcast. Well, I have two solutions for this question. Number one is to become a listener supporter in which you go to the Anchor app, locate my channel, and sign up anywhere from 99 cents to $9.99 monthly, and you can stop anytime. Or number two is to make a one-time donation of any amount via Zelle, bank to bank, or through PayPal using my email, mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com, also located in the show description. Now with this option, you aren't uh, obligated monthly in any way, and you're also not limited. Thank you all so much in advance for your support. Let's keep metaphysical soul speak on the air and onward and upward to the fifth dimension together, guys. Thank you.